0: Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Whooie! It is Conference Championship Week. Ladies, gentlemen, listeners, uh, I don't know, bets. I guess you fall in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, thanks for including me on that one. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are three games, unless you count the Pro Bowl, which I do not, left in the National Football League 2019 season. The hundredth season, as we all know from all the things that have been going on. That's how do you feel right now? Three games left. College football over. It's wild.
1: I'm not in a good place, man. This is, this is sad. Like, I mean, I, I like this time of year. You know, you're you're digging into some some rookie tape, getting ready for Dynasty, which, by the way, uh, I have started. And oh my god, this is gonna be fun. Mm. Uh, for dynasty and for rookies, but you know, it, it's just such a long season, and, and we finally get to this culmination. Uh, of course, more football on the TV is a good thing, so when it's not on the TV, it is a bad thing. But you and I will be working, uh, behind the scenes, you know, trying to re- refine our process a little bit and really get ready for 2020. Yeah, uh,
0: in fact, let's take a quick sidetrack that's not on the show, Doc, bets, and talk about well, let's just mainly talk about Joe Burrow, shall we? Because mm. That is the number one. Uh, well, I was gonna say story, but the other thing he is is the number one pick. There's almost no way he's not the number one pick uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals, unless the Bengals sell or sell him for the farm and someone else picks him number one, uh, or something comes out that he did something horrible and is gonna be arrested. Uh, those are the only ways I could potentially see him not going to the Bengals number one. He had an incredible national championship. Uh, Here's my question for you, Betts. You're sitting at the, let's say, 106, because that's the middle of the draft, uh, of rookie drafts. What would you be willing to give in a super flex for the 101 to get Joe Burrow?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, you'd have to be able to give up the 106 plus something. And I think it's going to take a pretty good amount to do it even with this class and how stacked this running back group is and obviously a couple of stud wide receivers there in the first round most likely for our rookie drafts you know I just think the hype around Joe Burrow is is massive so you'd have to give up probably what your 106 and if you had like a later first round pick uh in the same you know same year this year I think you'd have to give up both um and if not you'd have to give up the 106 and probably uh a caliber player that's like an RB2 or, or a wide receiver 2-3 fringe type of player. Like, that's that's kind of how I think people are viewing the 101 this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, not as someone who has a 101, so it's hard to say, but I don't know if I would even give him up for two first if I thought they were going to be mid-first. Uh, yeah. It looks like he's going to be pretty dang good in the National Football League. Um, so there. There you go. That's our small dynasty segment here on Conference Championship Weekend. Uh we will get a lot more into all that kind of stuff as uh the real or the regular season and playoffs of the National Football League end and we head towards the draft, the combine and all that stuff. So tune in for that. Uh hop into our Patreon if you're not, because there will be tons of good conversation in there about all the rookies. And mm-hmm. uh it'll be a fun off season. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. All right. Um before we get to the Massive slate of games we have to preview this week. <laughs> Let's quickly hit on some news.
1: I got great news, guys. Oh,
0: news? Hey. All right, bets. There's not too much in the way of uh, actual football news here this week, but we will hit on the Odell Beckham Jr. incident because it is pretty much all you can see right now on uh, sports news channels wild situation he was all over the place after the uh, lsu win in the national championship
1: oh he sure was
0: yeah several <laughs> things uh of questionable action um but what he's mainly being uh hounded for right now is slapping a security guard on the butt in the locker room after the game, and an arrest warrant has been issued for a simple battery for Odell for this incident. Absolutely wild, all over the place. That's let's just get your general temperature on this situation. Do you think this is something that's going to affect his play next year or playing time next year?
1: No, I don't. I mean, I don't want to go down the legal path of, of what's been going on or, or really even speak to that or even like the whether that's right or wrong decision to make obviously that's a very questionable choice but you know there's been so many other things that other NFL players have done that are far worse than than what he did and obviously you know the video is going around so it's I think he was doing it and having fun or like making a joke or just being Locker probably room-ish. a little intoxicated like you know you know it, it's I'm not saying it's Good to do by any means, but I don't think it's really something that warrants, um, you know, a suspension or like anything like that where he's in jail. Like, you know, if, if that happens, give me a break. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a huge deal.
0: Yeah, I happen to be looking through uh, some props for today's show and found <laughs> the Bovada prop. Will Odell Beckham Jr. be sentenced to jail time in 2020? And yes, is at plus 800, so it's yeah, it's probably not going to happen. I would not be playing that <laughs> playing with that at all. <laughs> no. Now, the one thing I will say that it that it kind of feeds into and it was not just that incident but the, his entire slew of antics that night which there are a number of other videos of him doing stupid things. Um is I'm wondering if this fuels the fire of the like rift and issues that he's having with the Browns conversations or or quotes that came out where he said he you know teams should come and get him if they wanted to he seems very unhappy there i mean i'm not trying to say this is heading in an ab direction because holy mackerel is that a whole nother situation good god but (laughs) uh, do you have any concern that uh, odell's career is a um I don't know, a hotbed for issues that's going to be that is going to affect his fantasy value in any way.
1: I mean, it's just the trend that like you don't like to see, right? Like he's known for being that type of player that has these kind of like little sideline temper tantrums or or doesn't really hide his displeasure with the team or uh, what's happening. And like you're alluding to, you know, now we have a year with Cleveland where he's had a couple of those incidents. Now what happened this past Monday night at the college football national championship and you know it's just at some point like dude get a grip on on these decisions and really be able to minimize that right you don't see other stars like uh, Michael Thomas or other stars you know like Tom Brady over the years like they're not doing like these stupid things like just so it's frustrating but you know from a fantasy football perspective I don't know that it really changes a lot unless it changes how the Cleveland Browns view him, in which case we could see him potentially elsewhere in the league. Uh, Certainly he'll be on an NFL roster, no doubt about it. But I was always in the mindset of like this season, you know, coming off of that sports hernia, it's a super painful injury to play through. No doubt he was affected and still put up a thousand yards. So entering next season, I was pretty excited about the rebound with Baker, the rebound with Odell. And now it just kind of clouds the situation. So I think for now it's not a huge change in how i view him but certainly if we see any other incidents like this like in dynasty i might be trying to get out while i can
0: okay that was going to be my last question because it seemed like you sort of went back and forth there just baseline buy or
1: sell in dynasty i think right now he's still a buy if i see any more of this kind of behavior though uh i might just try to get max value while he's still in his prime and, and just get out now
0: all right i like it um and then quickly just some retirement news Antonio Gates, who was basically already retired. He did not play at all in 2019. And Luke Keekley, which was very surprising. Kind of similar to the Andrew Luck situation, honestly. Uh, same draft, too, I believe. Uh, they have both officially retired. Not too much fantasy impact there, but just thought you guys should know. Also, Larry Fitzgerald will be returning for another season. So while everybody else is retiring at a youthful age, um, and good for them. Larry Fitzgerald out here at 37 years old trying to play another season. Uh, He said he had the most fun or some of the most fun he ever had in his career last year, I guess, with Kyler Murray. You know, it's got to be pretty fun. Uh, And he'll be back. Any fantasy impact there, Betts? Uh,
1: Not much. I mean, you know, I... I played a little bit of DFS this year with Larry Fitzgerald, and I I do regret it. Um, I think we'll have a solid game or two here or there, but I think for our fantasy radar, unless we see something change drastically, you know, at this stage of his career, I think it's pretty safe to say that he's not necessarily, you know, a fixture in our fantasy lineups, and I don't think he should be treated that way. The only thing that I'll say as far as fantasy is that I was really hoping to see more Andy Isabella. I was really hoping to see Hakeem Butler, who seems to be a a really big forgotten name in Dynasty, you know, not that long ago, you and I were talking about him as one of our our favorite wide receiver prospects. So I think it just means less playing time for those kind of guys. And, you know, for that reason, that's a little bit of a bummer. But um, Larry's great, man, and the NFL is better when he's on the field. Yeah,
0: I definitely agree. I I would have liked to see the opportunity for, I mean, Kirk is already the one, but to really just become the clear one without this old one still hanging around. And then for more targets to open up for those other guys, this may put a little damper on that. So I agree there, but he's Larry Fitzgerald. You know, we gotta we gotta let him back in for another year. He's yeah. he's Real electric. quick,
1: before we move on, are you, what are you buying Hakeem Butler for? Have you been inquiring the leagues in to try to reach out and get someone like that?
0: Um, you know, I haven't specifically been asking around for him, but I may have to start doing it because that is a good call. Um, I think I would certainly be willing to give a mid second. Maybe a low second, but I think that would probably get him.
1: Oh, I think it would too. I think you could even in some leagues, depending on, you know, how in tune the, the owner is or was with him as a prospect, you know, probably even like a third round pick. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a little shopping later today.
0: Yeah, I like it. I'll do from shopping. All right. Um that's it for the news. Before we get into the championship previews, you know bets. this is the first uh, weekend of the year where the winners of these games get trophies.
1: Oh, we're talking trophies. Ho, <laughs>
0: oh, that's right. They get conference championship trophies and then they go play for the Lombardi. And the next best thing to those three technically trophies is a trophy smack trophy for your fantasy football league. In fact, it may be better than the conference championship trophies. Let's be honest. I think the team just throw those away if they don't win the Super Bowl, because who cares? Uh, but if you are the champion of your fantasy league, you definitely want a trophy. You want it to be as incredibly beautiful as uh, those conference championship trophies. And that's pretty much what you get at Trophy Smack because those trophies are insane. Plus, you get a free championship ring, which the conference championship winners don't even get. You got to win the whole thing to get the ring. So, oh yeah, Yeah, you can head out, go to TrophySmack.com, buy a trophy, use code REDSHIRTS, get yourself a free ring. Uh, I forget who it was Betts and I'm sorry to whoever it was but maybe you remember that posted a picture of the ring they got uh on Twitter do you remember
1: yes that was both the winners one of our writers league Kevin Nail shout out to Kevin um and then as well winner of the listener league John Warner uh at Fantasy FB Nut on Twitter posted that out I just sent those out last week uh, I was sad to see them go, but, you know, they, they deserve to be in the, the hands of the winner and on the, the the finger of the winner, for that matter. So, True. yeah, those products are awesome, man. And, you know, it's just so good to, like, support good people and, and their work. So we truly do support Trophy Smack. They're awesome. Uh, definitely check those guys out.
0: 100%. All right. Let's do some conference championship previews, bets. Let's do it. Ooh. Do we start in the AFC or do we start in the NFC? You know what? Let's go alphabetical. You know what? No, let's not knuckle off Michael. Let's go. Let's save the best for last because I think people are going to be a lot more excited about the Titans Chiefs game. So we're going to we're going to hold that saver and let it let it marinate a little bit and head over to the Packers at the 49ers, which I think is going to be an equally fun game. Uh Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers heading to the Bay to face San Francisco and Jimmy G over/under set at 46 and a half, which is Not too high, certainly not compared to the other game. And the uh, 49ers are favored by 7.5. In fact, the exact same line as the other game. Spoiler alerts. Um, Quite a hefty favor, in my opinion. I suppose that over the course of the entire season, the 49ers did seem like the better team overall. So there is that. But I feel like the Packers have been coming on pretty strong. We got two great defenses, certainly uh, up front. We have... A great quarterback for the Packers. And a guy who's been playing pretty well for the 49ers. And we've got some uh, very solid running backs to go around. And a, uh, one or maybe one and a half elite wide receiver. So there's a lot to unpack here, Bets, Let's start at quarterback position because that's what you do. Aaron Rodgers on the road in the playoffs against the number one pass defense in the regular season. Lots of signs pointing to potential struggles here but do you believe that the quasi sort of goat in some people's opinions pulls out a great fantasy performance here?
1: You know, I think it's in the realm of possibility, right? It's Aaron Rodgers. And of course he always has that perceived upside, but for me, honestly, I don't see a lot from Rodgers in this game. And it's not even really the fact that it's, it's Rodgers fault. I mean, he actually played very well last week, was hitting on a lot of throws and really clutch late in the game, especially, but this 49er secondary is now healthy. This defensive front is now healthy. And I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure in this game. And he doesn't have anyone else to throw the ball to, not named Devontae Adams. I mean, we spent all off season literally trying to figure out who the wide receiver two was in this offense. And it turns out it is no one. Um, the Packers so couldn't man, even yeah. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there's no upside with Jimmy Graham. Like, MVS is, was on the field for three snaps last week. Alan Lazard tweaked his ankle. Like, I don't know I I don't don't know who's going to support Aaron Rodgers enough to make him you know a top DFS play this week certainly we can talk about tournament lineups and I think it's smart to sprinkle him in because he'll be lower owned than the obvious Patrick Mahomes but yeah I don't feel excited about Aaron Rodgers and you know I alluded to it earlier a second ago with being under pressure I mean you look at the sack rate for this Niners defense with D. Ford out of the lineup it's at four percent in the lineup it's at eleven percent that's how big of a difference he makes so yeah, I don't know, man. I think you can do a lot better than Rodgers this week.
0: Yeah, we talked about it last week The the return of uh, Ford and Quan Alexander. They are insane, and it makes a massive difference to this 49ers defense, and it will make a massive difference to Aaron Rodgers. So I agree with you here. Uh, probably my least favorite, actually, quarterback to play on this slate. I'm going to be staying away. Uh, so let's move away from him and to an even less interesting quarterback, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh... <laughs> Wow, crazy that he is here. This man wins. I don't know what else to say. He apparently soaked up some Tom Brady jeans, and here he is in the NFC Championship game. Packers, pass defense, also good. Packers, pass rush, elite. Almost the level of the 49ers. Do you have concern
1: that Jimmy G could also bust here? Are
0: you just avoiding the
1: NFC quarterbacks entirely? Well, I'll say this. My, my top two plays are Pat Mahomes and Ryan Tannehill, in That order, so Jimmy G comes in at three for me, and that's even considering the price you know, $5,600 on DraftKings is a good salary saver. And, and there's definitely a realm of possibility where Jimmy G has a nice game, but when you're looking at his game logs and his trends, he hasn't topped 300 yards passing in a game since the mid- middle of November. So, like, you know, we, we know what this offense is and what they want to do, which is uh, pound the rock and run out of 21 personnel extremely well, which which they've been you know, very good at. And I think this is a scenario where that's more likely to happen. You know, we've seen the the Green Bay Packers be beat on the ground. They've been better through the air. So I think there is enough weapons around him that certainly he can have a good game. And and again, it's a a nice contrarian quarterback play in a, a tournament lineup. But I don't love him, if I'm being honest. You know, I'm probably staying away from these two guys unless I'm making a ton of lineups. And then, of course, I'll sprinkle them in here and there. All
0: right. Let's throw in some player props here, Betts, because player props can be pretty fun uh, for our listeners and you, not for me. Tier. Um, but I thought this one was interesting. Aaron Rodgers, total touchdown passes, one and a half is the line, plus one hundred. Jimmy G is also one and a half, but he's minus one thirty. What do you wow. think about that? Yeah, still that's taking super the under or are you inching the over?
1: That's super interesting. Um, I'll go ahead and take the under. And the only reason why is because when they get in close, it almost seems like it's Aaron Jones territory, which was the opposite of what we used to become accustomed to with Mike McCarthy as the head coach, right? When they would get around the five yard line, it was these little out routes to Randall Cobb and and jump passes to uh, Devonta Adams. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the under. I don't think he gets to two. All right. I I feel like Devonte Adams catches a
0: touchdown in this game, and that just means that one other guy, Jimmy G has Jimmy G. The other Jimmy G has to manage a <laughs> touchdown, or one of those randos, MVS Lazard, someone, Aaron Jones, maybe even has to just sneak one in, and he he bounces over this. So I might be interested in that. But um, all right, that's quarterbacks. Let's head to the let's do the running backs. Very interesting running back situation here, bets, because we have the a rushing touchdown individual leader uh the regular season, Aaron Jones, versus the team rushing touchdown leader of the NFL in the 49ers, but split between several guys. Uh, we saw Tevin Coleman actually kind of have a little breakout after a stretch of Raheem Mostert, Excellency. What are you doing with this? Let's start with the 49ers because that's a little bit crazier. What are you doing with this... Uh, tr- Trio, quadro, I don't know. There's a lot of guys. Did you just say excellency? Yes.
1: Is that a word? Uh, sure.
0: <laughs> you call your, you know, you call Kings uh, His Excellency.
1: All right. I'll buy it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I believe you, but I sure. sell it. <laughs> yeah, man. For the Niners, like you said, it, it's just been so difficult to predict. And last week, I kind of mentioned I was down on Raheem Mostert because of his. Playing time and and his snap percentage was steadily decreasing. Meanwhile, his touch were touches were also decreasing. So, I don't know that it was really that difficult to predict more usage with Tevin Coleman. I will say I lucked into playing him in quite a few lineups because you needed to save salary somewhere, and he was thirty five hundred bucks. So I kind of lucked into a nice twenty two carry performance there with two touchdowns. So, I think in general the plan for the Niners is to mostly have this be a two headed backfield, and, and and we can live with that in fantasy. You know, Matt Breda only got a handful of, of touches last week. And actually, after the game, Shanahan came out and was talking about the fact that, yeah, Matt Breda got the, the first carry, but the plan was to have Mostert carry most of the work. And then he said, mm. you know, he started cramping in his calf. Yeah. I like I see what did there? Yeah. Uh, started cramping in his calf. And then Tevin Coleman basically, you know, he, he had a couple of good drives and he said, I can't take him out at that point. So I truly feel like this is going to be a hot hand approach. My advice for doing, uh, you know, DFS this week and for trying to predict this, is to play multiple lineups and have a couple uh, with Coleman and a couple with uh, Mostert. But the thing that we need to consider is Mostert is significantly cheaper this week. Mm. Uh, the the players, you know, are, are different prices and it's huge. Like Mostert down to four thousand three hundred on DraftKings. Tevin Coleman all the way up to fifty seven hundred from thirty five hundred last week. So wow. If you're asking me to pick one straight up, I'm taking Mostert but certainly I'll, I'll play some Tevin Coleman.
0: All right. I like it. I think that's a pretty good summary. Um, okay. Now, now let's switch over to the Packers side where it's a much more clear-cut leader in Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams still around uh, and does things here and there, but Aaron Jones has really stepped up, kind of become an elite uh, fantasy player and honestly one of the better running backs in the league overall. Um, 49ers run defense, not quite as good as their pass defense. Is this True. a game where the Packers lean on Aaron Jones and we see a big game from him?
1: Unfortunately, I don't think so. Ooh. I mean, we saw what happened with Dalvin Cook last week, right? Like, nine carries for 18 yards, and part of that is game script. But it's Dalvin Cook. You know, that doesn't happen for a guy like that. And, and obviously, Aaron Jones had a fantastic year, and he's a great running back. But if Dalvin couldn't do it against this now fully healthy Niners secondary I don't know that Aaron Jones is going to do it on the ground. I think he'll have to produce through the air to make his fantasy day, and especially for DFS tournaments. So I'm lower on Jones, certainly way more uh, than I was last week. Last week, he was one of my favorite plays. This week, I'm fading Aaron Jones. But again, in a two-game slate, like you could do, obviously, way worse. And I don't think he'll be as owned as, let's say, Derrick Henry. So if you want a little bit of leverage and, and looking elsewhere to try to get an advantage in big field tournaments then certainly I think Aaron Jones is in play. Uh, to your
0: point of receiving yards, Aaron Jones' uh, receiving yard prop line is set at
1: 21.5. What do you think about that? I like it. I would take the over on that because, like I said, you know you can't run against this front seven. And if Vegas is predicting that seven-point spread for the Niners, in theory, Routers will be throwing the ball more. So, yeah, take, give me the over on that. I'm going to do that bet right now, Okada. Hey, I like it. All right,
0: um, let's have it to, uh, to the wide receiver position then. We'll start with Devontae Adams this time because he is the clear leader of this entire pack. Uh, in fact, probably of the slate um, overall. He's been good, and he's been all they've got, so he has to be good. How good do you expect him to be in this game?
1: I mean, man, you just chase the targets and the volume, and of course, that's what we talk about. In fantasy all the time, double digit targets in nine of his last 10 games, 100 plus yards in seven of his last eight. I don't know how he's not your top DFS play at wide receiver this week, even with guys like Tyreek Hill um, and Debo Samuel out there. So, yes, Devontae Adams, I think he has a very nice game. I saw a beat reporter for the Packers kind of predicting that the uh, the Niners will go ahead and actually kind of do a little bit of a shadow coverage. On him without Sherman. So I think Sherman's going to be the other side of the field. A lot of the times when uh, Devontae Adams is lined up, I think it's going to be their cornerback, too. And I think it's going to be a little bit of safety help over the top. But you know, the trust that these guys have with Rodgers and Devontae Adams is going to overcome that. He's matchup proof. Yes, I definitely want to play some Devontae Adams. Uh, the When they
0: played in week 12 and pa- uh, Rodgers and the Packers got utterly stifled by this team, they only scored one touchdown. It was Devontae Adams uh, catching a pass from Rodgers so I think they're gonna score more than one touchdown this time and I think there's a very good chance one of them goes to Devontae Adams so I think he's a safe play um I'm assuming you're not gonna touch anyone else in that receiving core any
1: dart throws oh god I mean you you know at this point like it's a two-game slate, so you have to be willing to be uncomfortable with some of your decisions. But I'm looking elsewhere in a game that has a higher over/under for the Chiefs and Titans. I'll play a, a ancillary piece there over any of these Packers wide receiver two, three, fours, and certainly there's no way Jimmy Graham finds my lineup this week. So yes, I'm off of the rest of the pieces. Yeah, I do not disagree. Let's head to the Niners'
0: side of the ball. Uh, we got some Debo Samuel. We got some Emmanuel Sanders. We got some, let's let's include George Kittle here. We're just going to talk pass catchers. Uh, uh, let's start with George Kittle because I think he may be the best play of any position on the entire slate, but he's also probably going to be the most chalked play on the entire slate. What are you doing with George Kittle?
1: You think he'll be more owned than Kelsey?
0: I think there's a good chance he is. Um, Kelsey has kind of had better numbers all year, but I feel like Kittle is hot right now and has really stepped up in the biggest game. So
1: I don't know. Man. Close. Kelsey's coming off like 45 DraftKings points last yes, week. Yes,
0: he did have three touchdowns, so you got to yeah. give him that.
1: I mean, both guys certainly are going to be very highly owned, and for good reason. I do love George Kittle this week, man, and especially. You know, if there's anyone that's playing DFS, myself included, I feel like we, in general, tend to get too reactionary to what just happened. And last week, we were expecting a good game from George Kittle. And, dude, he dominated the blocking game, but that doesn't work for DFS. Uh, He only had a handful of receptions and didn't eclipse, I think it was like 18 yards was his total, so not even over 20. So if anyone's looking at game logs or or box scores, they're going to miss the boat on George Kittle. So I will definitely be playing him here. The way you beat the Packers is over the middle of the field between the numbers, and who plays there? A ton. It's George Kittle. Mm. Not to mention the last time these two teams met, six for one twenty-nine and a touchdown. Yes, give me George Kittle.
0: Yeah, most receiving yards the Packers have allowed to a tight end in the last five years was that game Whoa. by George Kittle. So That's a lot. yeah, he can torch them. Um, yeah, I'm gonna like him. Uh,
1: what's the price difference between him and Kelsey? Could you have that on hand, perchance? Yeah, I'll pull it up right now. Off the top of my head, I think it's Kittle, um, fifty-eight hundred. Yep, that's correct. And Kelsey is seventy-one hundred. So Ooh. a pretty significant savings.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kittle at the at that price difference. I certainly think Kelsey will be great as well, but I think I would have Kittle in almost all my lineups if I was playing. <laughs> um, all right, receivers, Debo Emmanuel. Um, are you gonna? Let's start with this. Between the two, who are you leaning?
1: Yeah, I'm going to lean Debo. I mean, Sanders is a little bit cheaper on DraftKings, but I'm going to lean with Debo mostly for the fact that, you know, we talked about it last week. I love the way he gets involved in this offense, screen passes, jet sweeps. He He's averaging, I think, two rush attempts over his last month of games or so. So he's getting the ball in a variety of ways. And at this stage of the season, let's not forget, as good as Emmanuel Sanders has been in general, he's playing like his 19th straight game or something like that. Like mm. he hasn't had a bye week this season. And remember, he's coming off the Achilles injury. So I'm not saying he's not playing well. I'm not saying that he's not still productive. But, you know, certainly at this stage of, of the season, I'm going to take the youth. I'm going to take the fresh legs. I'm going to take Debo Samuel, who almost found the end zone last week, was down at the one. So I think he is a solid play this week. Again, we just talked about the fact that you can beat this team over the middle of the field. So, yeah, give me some Debo. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Thanks
0: think it's the right call. Uh, I think you could sneak Emmanuel into a couple lineups too, but... Yeah, for sure. All righty. Um, I think that covers it. Any any super sleepers you want to talk about, or are we done with this game?
1: Hmm, Not really. I mean, Kendrick Bourne is kind of interesting just because he has a little bit of touchdown equity and, of course, had that solid game last week. But, you know, you don't want to really rely on that. He's a dart throw at best.
0: Agreed. Uh, let's go with the pick here, Betts. 49ers favored, as we talked about, by 7.5. Which way are you going here?
1: I'm taking the Niners, man. I think they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. And I think that Jimmy G will do enough over the middle of the field to move the ball. And I think that they can get it done here. Seven and a half is a big number to lay, but I'm going to take it. Yeah, uh, it is big. I think the Packers will cover it. But
0: I picked the Packers to make the Super Bowl before the start of the season, bets I don't know if you remember. It was Patriots-Packers was my I call. Do. And they've gotten pretty dang close. And if this game was in Lambo, I think I would take them. But in San Francisco, with the defense where it is right now, with Ford and Alexander back, not to mention everybody else, Bosa and Armstead, it's just too much. I think I don't think Rodgers can overcome it. I think he gets pretty close to doing it, but I don't think he does. I think the Ford Nine are headed to the Super Bowl. All right. Let's head to the AFC. To find out who else is going to the Super Bowl. This game bets. I think is fun and exciting. I think there was a lot of hate coming into the Titans because they ruined the chance for a Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. Everybody wanted to see Lamar Jackson, or not Super Bowl, AFC Championship game. And everyone wanted to see Lamar Jackson go to the Super Bowl because, you know, they were the best team. He's super exciting, probably going to be the MVP. And then here come these upstart douches. (laughs) <laughs> just running the ball into your face with Derrick Henry. That's all, that's all it is. I can't is. believe you just said that. <laughs> I mean, it, everything else is so exciting. And then there's this team that's just taking the 6'7", 800-pound running back and running it into your face. And they've ran themselves all the way to the AFC Championship game. However, while everyone else feels that way, apparently, I do not. I love that the Titans are here. I think this is super fun. I'm currently rooting for them to make it to and win the Super Bowl. Uh, Although I'm not necessarily saying I predict that. But that's who I'm rooting for now that the Patriots are gone. I think it's going to be a super fun game. Let's start with the most fun player. Well, Derrick Henry's probably up there. But you can't get any more fun than Patrick Mahomes at this point. Quarterback of the Chiefs. Pretty much best passer uh, in playoff history right now. It's only three games for him. But he is as good here as he is in the regular season. Ah. I what mean, what's the question? <laughs> what? He's Patrick Mahomes. Say? Is uh, is there any hesitation here? Um, How high is he for you as far as targets in your, your DFS lineups?
1: Yeah, I mean, the only problem is it's a four-game slate, right? So he's legitimately going to be like 70% owned in, in competitions, and there are zero holes that I can poke in playing Patrick Mahomes. He's the top play on the slate uh, without hesitation, and we know that you know the the offense in general is a pass first offense, so that's that's plus number one. Plus number two is this secondary for the Titans can be beat. Obviously, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are as good as they come, so that's plus number two. Plus number three is the fact that he's playing at home, and we know those those splits are even uh, better for Mahomes at home. So I, I don't know how you don't play him unless you're just saying, okay, I'm trying to get leverage on the field elsewhere. Maybe I'll go to a different player different quarterback, and in that case, yes, I'm going away from him, but if I'm playing any cash lineup, he is definitely locked in.
0: Yeah, uh, last week against the Texans, who are susceptible on defense to both the run and the pass, 12 carries by running backs for the Chiefs, and they were all by Damian Williams. Then you had one by Sammy Watkins, one by Tyree Kill, and seven by Patrick Mahomes, who led the team in rushing. So... The only time they're turning away from Patrick Mahomes passing the ball is when they're turning to Patrick Mahomes rushing the ball, apparently. Um, yeah, yep. I don't think you can get away from him here. He He's going to carry this team. If they're going to win, it's going to be on his arm uh, and uh, every other part, apparently, of his body, legs as well, and brain, because he's uh, incredibly smart. He knows where to throw the ball, finds the open receiver. I don't know. There's, there's, yeah, he's Patrick
1: Mahomes. I ain't got anything else to say. Before you move on, we did have a comment uh, in the live chat here. Sweaty FS is the name of the player. Hopefully you're not too sweaty. Uh, (laughs) Said Mahomes over 18 and a half rush yards is the best player prop I've found on the books. And I agree. I would definitely be taking the over in that one. Nice.
0: I like it as well. Um, All right. Let's head to the opposing quarterback. The only quarterback better than Patrick Mahomes. Just kidding. But he did have the highest pass rating in the NFL this season. It is Ryan Tannehill. Now, having said that, after a incredible, prob- probable comeback player of the year type regular season, he has done diddly squat in the postseason. <laughs> they have just ridden Derrick Henry and not thrown the ball. He still managed to get a few touchdowns in. But Tannehill is not putting up numbers. However, those were games that they won. This is a game that they are going to be facing the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Probably less of a chance here of destroying this team. Betts, are you willing to roll out Ryan Tannehill despite his massive lack of yardage over the first two games?
1: Oh, yeah. This is my favorite tournament play of the weekend. I mean, look at the recency bias. You know, we talked about it a couple minutes ago. DFS players that are more, you're, you're casual Players will look at this and say, He hasn't done anything all season. Why is that going to change? And maybe it doesn't. You know, they're, they're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry at least 20 times, no doubt. But you look at this team, they are throwing the ball 50% out of play action, which is the highest in the league. And if this offense runs well early, Derrick Henry can establish that. And man, AJ Brown over the top feels like it's going to happen this week. And in a game that has the highest over under on the slate, in a game where you know, last time these two teams played, they went over 60 points combined. Uh, the Titans beat the Chiefs. I think this is a path for Ryan Tannehill to actually have a very nice game. And no one's really predicting it. You know, I'm, I'm listening to some other podcasts this week, and I'm hearing a lot of people talk about Jimmy G as their favorite pivot off of the homes. I would disagree. I think Ryan Tannehill is firmly in play here and, and a really sneaky start option here for your DFS lineup. Yeah, here's the thing. They're going to
0: ride Derrick Henry here, and he's going to be good. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to stop him any more than anyone else has. Potentially even less than some other people have. But this Chiefs offense is not going to stop scoring points, which means Ryan Tannehill is going to have to use his arm. They're going to have to probably play a little bit of comeback here and there. I think it's going to be close all game, and I think they're going to use both aspects of the game and have to put up a lot of points to win. And they're going to want to win because, you know, that's how you get to the Super Bowl. So, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I think Ryan Daniel has a really solid game as well. I really like that play, especially considering his price and uh, probable usage here. Uh, let's head to the running backs, and let's talk about Derrick Henry. Because ho-a-lee, a mackerel, this man is out of control. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen a better stretch of football played by any player at any position in my lifetime. No. That boy can run. He is My God. <laughs> out of control. Insane. Over 180 rushing yards in three straight games. Only player to ever do that. He is demolishing player defenses. I don't I feel like I've seen I don't know, three runs, certainly a single hand's worth of runs that didn't go for five plus yards. Every time he carries the ball, he's falling forward for five yards, and then every five times he carries the ball, he's breaking it for a 20-yard run, where somehow he seems to outrun all the DBs and stiff arms at least two of them. I mean, what are you doing here, Bess? Are you playing him everywhere? Is his price too high? What are you going to do with Derrick Henry against a run defense that has not been very good?
1: If you think I'm going to fade Derrick Henry at this point, um, <laughs> no. You got your mind. Yeah. I mean, Ben Heisler was on with us the last two weeks to preview some DFS content, and he was recommending that. And I was on board because, you know, it, it's it, especially on DraftKings scoring where it's PPR, you, you kind of want that upside. But, man, look at what this offense is doing. And we have to talk about Chris Jones, the defensive tackle for the Chiefs. Either is going to miss this game, or is going to be way less than 100 with that calf strain. So, yeah, man, I, I think Derrick Henry. There's no doubt about it. He's getting 20 to 25 carries at a minimum. He's going to be bruising against you know these linebackers and secondary in a game where there's like single digits. Like this is Derrick Henry's season. This is what's going to happen. So, yes, I'm going to play a ton of him. I will definitely play some lineups without him, certainly because he's chalk and he's going to be highly owned. But I don't want to miss out on on those carries, and I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. And I will say, a sneaky kind of play that I like is, is a Ryan Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry stack. It Ooh. kind of feels like a screen pass is coming because we haven't seen it in a while. So, yeah, give me that. Uh, give me Derrick Henry all day. I like that as well. Let's let's quickly
0: spin this forward a little bit, bets, because we know Derrick Henry is on fire right now. He looks superhuman, literally. But let's spin it forward to next season. Ooh. You're going into your fantasy drafts, bets. You've seen this now a couple years in a row where Derrick Henry is, ah, he's good in the beginning half of the year. You know he's all right. And then suddenly he goes Super Saiyan and destroys teams for the latter half of the year. And now, because they're still winning, into the playoffs. But going into next year, if he's playing like he is now, he's the number one overall pick. He's certainly in the conversation with Christian McCaffrey. They're pretty much neck and neck, in my opinion, if he's playing like he is right now. However, you have been known to question Derrick Henry in the past. Are you going sure to question have. him again? Where will he, do you think, fall for you in your rankings next draft season?
1: Well, you know, we did that exercise uh, like a month ago, I think it was, or at least like early in the, in the new year. I can't remember when it was, but we said, let's preview 2020. Let's do a two-round mock, and I took him at number 10 overall. So certainly he's a first-round pick, no doubt about it. I'm really interested to see what this, you know, front office does with Derrick Henry's contract cuz he's up for yep. uh, a contract year right now and he's going to get paid, no doubt about it, but if they commit to him, you know, and give him a pretty significant salary and contract, like I'm in, man. I I mean, this is the new Titans offense and it's working. So, yeah, I, I think I'm in on Derrick Henry. He'll probably be at worst if things trend the way they are right now, number 5 in my ranks, at worst.
0: Yeah, I think in years past, you can put a lot of the onus for H- and Henry's end-of-year heroics on the just his running style and the fact that defenses are, are getting more tired and weak. But in this particular season, I think so much of it is reliant on Ryan Tannehill coming in, this offense figuring out how they want to scheme things, and being able to be capable of both passing and running, sick play-action uh, efficiency, and it, it, it makes it impossible to stack the box against him. And if you do, he still runs well because he's Derrick Henry. So yeah. I think, I don't know how I'm going to keep him out of my top four, maybe even three at the running back position. I think he definitely is a first-round pick. I agree with you there. Uh, he's going to be pretty high, man. This this guy is in the elite category now, and he's not falling out anytime soon. Yeah. All right. Let's come back to the AFC Championship game, shall we? Um Damian Williams. He seems to be the guy to go with here. Uh, what what do we have status-wise on LaShawn McCoy really quick? Do you have any interesting info there?
1: Uh, he was limited this week. Or, I'm sorry, not limited. Did not practice. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday because of illness is the last thing I saw. I'm not sure if he's practicing today. We're recording this on Friday afternoon at about 2.45. So um, I can do a quick Twitter search, but I have not heard. But regardless, man, like he played one snap last week. Yeah. Like, or, or sorry, one touch last week. Uh he's not going to be a factor. This is Damian Williams backfield through and through. Agreed. Um
0: Let's see. What what what's what's the question to ask here? Um you know what? Let's go with uh let's go with a prop. What let's do we do got it. here? We got rushing yards for Damian Williams. 57 and a half is the line. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, man. I mean you, you look at Last week, 97% snap count for Damian Williams. He's out there on every single play. Yeah, I'm taking the over. I mean, you just play the the percentages and the odds that he's going to be the one touching the ball. Yeah, give me the over. And the receiving line for him is 26.5. I'm guessing you're probably taking the over there, too. I lost a pretty good amount of money last week. (laughs) I took the over on uh i think it was like 24 and a half, right? yeah and he Something had 21 like or no yeah yeah man he was yeah, close it was close um, i'm gonna go over as well uh, you know again you just play the odds put the percentages they love to pass the ball and damian williams is out there on every play yeah give me the over
0: all right i like it both uh good for his production which means you also want to play him in your dfs lineup so i like it um all right let's go to the the receiving position the pass catchers let's start with you know what? Let's start with Tyree Kill. I feel like we started with George Kittle. Let's start with Tyree Kill. Good gracious did he score some touchdowns last week. He looked unstoppable. He looked pretty much as unstoppable as Derrick Henry looked over in the Titans You mean Travis game. Kelsey? Yeah. Who did I say? Tyree Kill. No. Get out of here, Tyree Kill. <laughs> he did not look unstoppable. He only had 41 yards. I meant Travis Kelsey. Thank you. Um, 10 catches, 134 yards, 3 touchdowns for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Are you rolling him out there again? I think you said you prefer him over Kittle. What are you doing here?
1: I think at the price, I prefer, uh, I prefer Kittle, given that he's such a significant discount. But I'm going to play a lot of Travis Kelsey this week. I don't know how you don't. You know, last week there was a little bit of a scare. People were saying uh, he's got this IT band issue. His knees bother him, and and fortunately, you know, I think the nice thing about what we do is, is your NFL Network connections or whatever you want to call it in my medical background I said don't be worried about that cue next to Travis Kelsey he's going to play he's going to play well and my god did he ever and this week he's listed again on the injury report with the knee he was questionable to, to come back last week with that hamstring injury so of course we want to monitor that but right now there's no way I'm, I'm fading Travis Kelsey like he's going to be a great play he's going to be a very solid option and in any cash lineup I'm going to try to play uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle in the same lineup I think that's a really good strategy but in tournaments I'm gonna fade Travis Kelsey a little bit I will still play a lot of him but yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna play Kittle over him as far as a, a straight up play
0: all right I like that I think that's fair um Tyreek Hill coming off not his best game Sammy Watkins coming off a decent game big big catch two big catches actually to get him there what are you doing with these receivers? And actually, you know what? Let's even throw in Miko Hardman. Do you have any interest there uh, in this trio?
1: Yeah, let's start with Tyreek because obviously that's the the most exciting name to talk about. And yes, I think Tyreek Hill is in a very good spot here. We've seen you know perimeter wide receivers just absolutely crush the Titans all season. I don't see how that changes with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and Tyreek Hill's speed. So yes, I am definitely very interested in Tyreek Hill. And then you look at the other options there. You know like it's so hard to predict with these guys, right? Like Sammy Watkins is on the field a ton. He's running most of the routes. So I'm going to play him over these guys. He's a little bit more pricey than a Demarcus Robinson, than a Mikko Hardman. But I mean, just the eye test, right? Like Mikko Hardman looks so Woo. much better than Robinson out there. He and let's not forget, there is a chance that he does some damage in the return game. So um I like him as a tournament play. Certainly, you have to, like I said, you have to go down to one of these players to really make it work. Whether or not you're going to fit in another secondary Titan receiver like a Corey Davis or a Tajay Sharp is another question. But I lean with the explosiveness of this offense, and I lean towards Mikkel Hardman at that cheap option.
0: Yeah, uh, I think he probably would be my favorite uh, tournament play, Mikkel Hardman, that is. Because this feels like a game where Patrick Mahomes is going to throw four touchdowns again, and if he does, there's very little chance that Travis Kelsey catches three again. And one of the best threats to score on this entire field is Michael Hardman. He can catch a push pass and take it for a touchdown. So I really like I really like that as a sneaky play. Um, all right, let's head over to the Titans receiver situation. AJ Brown, woo! Do I love that man? Uh, Corey Davis, he caught himself a touchdown. It wasn't from uh, Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> but it was technically a receiving touchdown last week from Derrick Henry. Um, you've got uh, you've got a couple guys deep down the, the the lineup who could do something, but I think you're probably not. Is it just AJ Brown here? What do you think?
1: Well, AJ Brown certainly is is in play. I just think he's going to be super chalky given his price tag on DraftKings. I have to look real quick. I think I wrote it down um, coming in at $5,200, like super cheap, super affordable, which I think makes him chalky. And that's the only bummer that I have with this situation. I I talked about Ryan Tannehill and liking him as a tournament option. Certainly I'll play some Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown stacks, Um, but I wish he was more expensive because I feel like he would be lower owned if he was and if Ryan Tannehill is going to move the ball through the air, if you're asking me if it's going to be Corey Davis or A.J. Brown, I'm going to laugh and say A.J. Brown. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> um, Here's an interesting prop for you, bets. While we're on the
0: pass-catching side of things, even though we didn't talk about it when we brought up the player, Derrick Henry's receiving yard line is set at 11.5. That feels like one catch. What do you think? I mean, he
1: hasn't crossed it that often. Usually no. it's if he makes the catch, he crosses it, but... Yeah, this is tough. I actually bet the over last week, and it was nine and a half. Mm. Uh, and I was thinking the same thing. One catch, one screen. He's unstoppable on those screen passes. Um, so, yeah, if you're making me pick for the podcast, I'm going to take the over. All I right. probably won't bet it, though, if I'm being fair honest. Fair enough. That's fair. Um, all right. I think that uh, any
0: interest in John O. Smith, if you're punting yes. the tight end position? Ooh. Yes, yes,
1: yes. He is my favorite play if you are looking for a Titans pass catcher that nice. is not named A.J. Brown. He's cheap, man, coming in at just thirty-four hundred dollars. And the last time these two teams met, he saw six targets, went four for thirty yards. Uh, I mean, he's an athletic guy who can do something with the ball in his hands. And Kansas City has allowed the fifth most uh, yards to tight ends on the season, so I think there's a lot of interest in Jonu Smith I, again as a tournament option. I like some uh, Kittle and Jonu Smith, you know, back to back in my lineup, as well as a Kittle and um. Uh, what's his name? John Smith <laughs> stack again. So I like that for sure. And player prop, two mm-hmm. and a half receptions is plus 125 right now. Ooh. I'm going to take the over on that. I like it. Yeah, they're going to have to throw. They're going to throw more than they have. And uh,
0: someone's going to have to catch ball besides A.J. Brown. And Corey Davis is very good at it. No, just kidding. Uh, Sorry, Corey Davis truthers. All righty. Any other sneaky plays you want to hit on? Any special props you've been saving for this game? Or we covered it.
1: Yeah, I feel like we covered a lot. As far as sneaky plays, I mean, one thing just to consider is if you're going to roll out a little bit of a a contrarian play, like a Tajay Sharp, just monitor. Adam Humphrey's report right now is that he's feeling good. He might try to give it a go. He's coming off of like a a month and a half absence from a a pretty significant ankle injury. So certainly I don't have interest in him. But if he's back, I think he and Tajay Sharp kind of split that wide receiver three role. So that would really hurt him in that aspect. So um yeah man I feel like we said it all we gave a lot of good player props we picked the first game against the spread that's the last thing you gotta do all right seven and a half is a spread again Chiefs favored
0: at home i'm gonna I'm gonna let you start bets but I just want to warn you ahead of time I may be coming in with some spice
1: <laughs> I think I'm with you on this one man uh I think the titans can at least cover the spread I don't think they win but mm. they can cover uh, a touchdown here for sure so I like the Titans to cover the spread I
0: like the Titans to cover the spread and win the game. No, nope. they are so hot bets. So they're hot, so right hot. Now. they're so hot right now. <laughs> Listen, the Chiefs' run defense is suspect. They're pa- especially without Jones. Their past defense it has been better. So if it, if they didn't if they, were, they weren't facing the most destructive runner in the entire National Football League right now, I would feel a little better. Patrick Mahomes is going to put up points. He is going to keep this game close all game long. It might even mean overtime type situation. But this is a 200-plus rushing yard type of day for Derrick Henry potentially. Uh, And and Ryan Tannehill can do it if he has to. I know it's – listen, I'm not saying I'm going to bet it because – well, I'm not because I can't. I'm not even going to – I might not even do it if I could. But I would certainly <laughs> bet them to cover and I Such think Such a coward. <laughs> I think that they will win it. So if you listen, if you want to go out and do it, go for it. Didn't I I feel like I predicted an upset that turned out happening, maybe it was not last week. Maybe it was the week before. I can't remember. Uh no, probably. I think it not. was last week. Was it? Oh, it was yeah. Tennessee. Yep. Yeah, there you go. They be, listen, they just beat the Ravens, bets. If they can beat the
1: Ravens at home, and they beat the Patriots at home, you're telling me they can't beat the Chiefs at home? Get out of here. I mean, they could. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say they will. But let's not forget the Patriots were not I mean, the Patriots. Football. Yeah, I know that's fair. The Ravens, whenever were playing the
0: best football, <laughs> and they yeah. got crushed. So yeah, I mean, listen. I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be closer than the Ravens game was, which was not close. But I think the Titans will come out here to
1: win this game. Hey man, um, you have a six four like <laughs> two sixty. Yep. Person with a freaking dread ponytail coming at you. True. You're gonna to have to make a business decision. Like, uh, there's a there's definitely a, a realm of possibility where the Titans win this game, no doubt about it. But, um, yeah, I, I think they, I think they cover. I don't think they actually win. All right, we'll see. That's we'll fair. See. It's fair. It's gonna be a fun game. Um, all right. Before we close
0: it out, bets. I'm I just have uh, some fun other props pulled up. Oh, well, maybe not so much fun, but just interesting. Uh, most receiving yards in the conference championships. You got uh, Adams at plus three twenty-five. You got Kelsey at plus four hundred. Tyreek at plus 375, Kittle at plus 450. After that, it drops pretty heavily to Debo at plus 850, AJ at plus 650. Who would you go with if you had to pick one of these guys?
1: Yeah, I like that. I would take Tyreek Hill. Um, we just saw Hollywood Brown go for 126 on seven receptions. And uh, obviously, we know that Tyreek Hill is more of an elite wide receiver at this stage in their careers. So yes, I would take that. That's a, that's a really solid bet, actually. Uh, how, All right, this one's amusing for other reasons. Most rushing yards. Derrick
0: Henry is at minus 275. He's favored <laughs> against the entire slate of other running backs. Uh, Next closest is Aaron Jones at 550 and then Mostert at 950. Are you willing to just go with Henry at the minus 275? Are you going to try to take a shot at someone else? What do you think?
1: I mean, at that juice, I, I'm not going to, but I don't know how he doesn't actually win yeah. this.
0: Yep, it's 100%. Um... Um, any other interesting ones you've got any overalls you're interested in here?
1: I would say, you know, not even talking about, um, the player prop. Like I like the over in the Texans. I'm sorry, not the Texans, uh, Titans, Titans and yep. the Chiefs game. And I got it at 51 before it got pushed to 52 and a half. So if you like the over, I would say, um, you know, wait a, a day or two and kind of see what happens here. I think money will probably come in. On the under, given that it's climbed a full point and a half. And if it comes down to 52 or 51 and a half, I'm going over. Yeah, I
0: agree with you 100% there. I talked a little bit earlier about how I think both teams are going to score. Mahomes um, is not going to be slowed down, which means the Titans are going to have to put up points. I think this is a very good chance of uh, a Chiefs Texans kind of score, which was well over <laughs> this mark. So I like that. Um,. All right. I think that pretty much covers it, Bets That is the conference championship weekend. The two winners of these games that we have just previewed, bets there will only be two. And those two winners will be playing in Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Wow. Wild. What a time to be alive. What a time. Can you imagine if it's the Titans in the Super Bowl, by the way? Holy mackerel. I mean, if it is, I'm rooting for them. No doubt Facts. about it. Facts. Facts. It is a fun team. Uh, let let's just get your uh your overall early. I don't I don't know if we'll do a Super Bowl preview. Hopefully we will, but just in oh, case we will. We, don't, we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is your desired outcome for these next three games, and what is your predicted
1: outcome for these next three games? I think. Well, I shouldn't say that. I would like to see the Chiefs and the Niners okay in the the super bowl i would also like to see andy reed win his first super bowl as a, mm-hmm. a former eagles coach i'll I'll pull for andy reed to do that but man i don't know i i kind of have a feeling like the titans can do it um so yeah they're playing with house money at this point i think the niners get there no doubt i think they can easily beat the the packers and i think there's a very good chance that the chiefs win this game but if you're telling me that like nine times out of ten it's going to happen i would say probably not like the, the Titans are for real, and it can be a really close game. So I would like to see the Chiefs take on the Niners, and I would like to see Andy Reid win that Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are pulling for Andy Reid to win the Super Bowl, so I can certainly respect that. I personally despise the Chiefs. They're one of my least favorite teams. Um, I have likened it because everyone's been questioning me on it. I have likened it to, uh, you know, when you're like a, a nice older married couple, like in your 50s, and... Then some young, uh, attractive girl comes along, and your the husband like gives him a glance, kind of like that one meme, yes. and it's like, whoa, what do you, th- what are you doing looking at this young hot thing? I feel like the Patriots <laughs> are the older, uh, wonderful, beautiful wife, and the entire world is looking over at the Chiefs taking over the AFC as the young hotness, and so I don't like them. <laughs> that's, my, that's all I got for that. Um, Dude, that is a perfect analogy, and it cannot be more true. Yeah. It's rough for us. Um, but I think I think and hope that the Titans not only win the AFC championship, but win the entire Super Bowl. I am bought in, man. I don't know what to tell you. They just destroyed the Ravens. I can't I I can't go any other direction at this point. And I would like the Packers to make it because they were my prediction from the beginning, but I don't think they do. I think the 49ers pull it out and then lose to the Titans. I think Mike Rabel goes out and gets himself his first Super Bowl. Uh wild to even say that,
1: but I don't know. On that note, I know this is a uh, a non-explicit show, so I'm going to be anatomically correct in <laughs> saying this. Did you see the report? Yes! Uh, preseason that he said he yep. would cut off his male genitalia to win <laughs> a Super Bowl. So, um, hey man, <laughs> here we are.
0: <laughs> well, listen, as far as we know, it may have happened, and that's why they're here. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah, we'll close it out with that incredibly good analysis, because that's what you get here on the Redshirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us all season if you have, or if you're brand new, welcome. Uh interesting time to join, but hey, it's fun. We're we're here in the conference championship weekend. This is it pretty much. After this, we have a single week of Super Bowl podcastage. And then we're out of the regular season, we're out of the playoffs, we're out of 2019 and we are into dynasty prep. Um so we'll see how how that all shakes out. But uh, any last words, Bets, before we head into Conference Championship weekend and, and close out this last week of the year with multiple football games?
1: Uh, not necessarily anything that is super relevant. I would say don't forget. Find us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at RedshirtsFFPod. Mm. And, hey, if you like what you're hearing, drop us a little rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Um, it's a good way to say thank you. I, I've been trying to go through some podcasts that I listen to and actually just give them that five-star rating because it's a nice way to give back and say, hey, thanks for putting in all this time. You guys rock. So we would love it. 100% agreed.
0: We hope to see you all next week. Uh, and until then, or maybe two weeks, I don't know. Follow the Twitter. If you follow the Twitter, you'll know. That's how you know. Until then, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.